Welcome to Preheated, kitchen wisdom and friendly chat from two friends who love to bake. I'm Andrea Ballard in Olympia, Washington. And I'm Stefan Cohn in London. Every week we celebrate the successes, failures, learning, and laughs that go hand in hand with baking for those we love. Today we're kicking off a month of special celebrations. Preheated is turning one, and Stefan and I both have birthdays. We've planned a festive month full of treats and memories to help us celebrate in style. First up, cupcakes that are reminiscent of other sweets we've made during our first year of broadcasting. I'll be tackling a s'mores version, and Stefan's making one with Boston cream pie. We'll also revisit some of our past kitchen advice and see if it still holds up. So grab yourself some coffee and get ready for some sweet talk. Andrea, we are one year old. Can you believe Preheated started this time last year in 2016? I know. It's been such a fun year and looking back on everything that we've done and what we were trying to do. And the one thing that I didn't predict is how much fun we would have. So I'm really happy to be turning one. I know. It's a a great big birthday, isn't it? It is. One of the the very fun things is preparing for this month and going back through all of our our shows and all of the recipes and I I'm really struck by the amount and diversity of things we tackled so I good for us I just feel really proud of us you know from the you know pumpkin upside down cake or cranberry upside down cake to the you know peanut ice cream to the flummery to everything it's really a great group of recipes if I do say so myself so I have a special sense of pride whenever I'm in a bakery and I see a queen amon or a baklava and I think to myself ah, I could make that I choose yeah. I choose not to but I could and I did in episode 23 yes <laughs> Well, so um, I started compiling lists of of different things we were doing a year ago. And you probably remember uh, in episodes three and five, we were talking about our homemade eggnog. So I have to ask you, are you gearing up for homemade eggnog season? I am definitely gearing up for homemade eggnog season. I'm going to be taking a road trip this year at Thanksgiving and heading down to Arizona to see some family. So I thought what I would do is start my eggnog now so that I could bring some with me. And um, they could then, you know, drink it at Thanksgiving or let it keep aging a little bit longer. Um, because I, I just think the longer it aged, the better it got. So, yeah, I'm also going to try and get a fruitcake going um, before that trip. Because, again, I, I might get that going maybe just the week before Thanksgiving. And then yeah. um, give that to them so that they can enjoy it around holiday time. Well, I'm really glad you brought up Thanksgiving because that was the next thing I wanted to ask you. Um, So back in episode four last year, (laughs) we had, and I feel like we should have that music that's like, you know, like, (laughs) right, the time travel kind of music. Yes. Time travel. I know. Yes. We'll have to work on that. Um, We were, I was having all this drama because my husband had said, let's buy a pumpkin pie. And I, oh, that's right. (laughs) And so the Tom Douglas pumpkin pie. Exactly. And while it was delicious, we agreed that it really wasn't the pumpkin pie we wanted on Thanksgiving. So now, of course, here in London, Thanksgiving is really not a holiday the way, of course, that it is in uh, the U.S. But there's a 
it's kind of catching on in, in a funny kind of way. So we're having this debate now if we should celebrate. We, we had thought we would not. That it's just we would we would skip it and and you know go with the go with the. Um, the mood of the the country that we're in local when in rome type of thing but i mean you know i am miss i miss a good pumpkin pie so we may be having that debate again i would suggest skipping all the hard work part of thanksgiving and just perhaps having a little thanksgiving dessert buffet so this is another interesting thing about this getting used to this country. I, I just was talking to a, a British woman, my husband's assistant at work, and she said, have you ordered your Christmas turkey? And I said, Christmas is two months away. I have not ordered my Christmas turkey. And she said, you need to do this by November 1st. And I, 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 I mean, I, I – the possibility of not having like the meat I want on Christmas is going to be like a real factor here. So I'm really having to think ahead in a in a funny and strange new way. But so I'm thinking, well, if if I can't even get it, you know, by Christmas, am I going to be able to get one for Thanksgiving? I I don't know. So it may be dependent on something like that too. But uh, we shall see. Well, we're learning so much. The last thing I wanted to talk about in the kind of retrospective manner for right now is that. Um, did you see, so listener Natalie Dawn, hi Natalie, she had posted this great recipe of these Biscoff cupcakes. She'd been listening to um, us talk about Biscoff pie, which was episode 14, and she said, um, oh my gosh, I'm making these, I love that episode, and I'm making these Biscoff cupcakes. So how excited are we to have that recipe? Thank you so much, Natalie Dawn. I know, those look fabulous. And speaking of listeners, I got a great email this morning from Andrea in Germany, and she was wondering if the um, beignets you spoke about in Italy were, uh, she sent me a recipe link or a picture link and said, I wonder if this is what Stefan's talking about. So <gasps> I just got that message. So take a look at it when you get back into your email. And they looked beautiful. They were just these gorgeous, almost like little cream puffs or I, uh -huh. I don't know I mean they just looked absolutely fabulous this sounds very possible and you know I don't know which part of Germany she's from but there were so many German visitors at this place we were in in, in Italy and so who knows maybe it was even a German dessert I was eating I don't know good question oh okay I can't wait I can't wait to see that love that oh so it's such an international such an international month we're having already right I know well the other thing I wanted to make a quick mention of um, as we're looking back I think we did speak about stocking up for the holidays and the one thing that comes to my mind is spices so yes. um, I think this is a great time of year to go to your pantry look at your spices if you have not used your baking spices since last thanksgiving throw them out and start over um, the ones that i like to stock up on every year in november are kind of your your standard ones um, cinnamon nutmeg allspice ginger and cloves do any other come to mind for you Stefan let's see I think I think you nailed it there as far as like apple pie pumpkin pie I'm trying to think what else okay yeah I think I think those are the basics but yeah. I just was uh, you know I know that's what I use but I didn't know if there was anything for you that um, is particularly important um, I also was at my local big box store Costco and I noticed they had the 10 pound bags of organic flour a two pack so I got those which oh. my husband 
was grumbling about finding room for in the freezer, but it's such a good deal. And I know I go through a lot of flour at holiday time. And of course, um, you taught me that I should stock up on butter when I find it because you can freeze it. That was something I didn't know before. So Mm -hmm. I've got my eyes peeled. Um, It's not quite at the good sale prices in my store yet, but I think it will be here pretty soon. So I think I'll be stocking up on some butter for my holiday baking as well. Oh, that favorite time of year. The The thing about the spices is really true. And I'd, I'd always heard that advice and kind of poo-pooed it, you know, like, I don't want to waste. I've only used half of this jar. Why should I do this? How mm-hmm. much flavor could it use? But the very interesting thing is when we moved here to London, I didn't bring any of that with me. It just didn't make any sense to unload my spice cupboard into my, my suitcase. Sure. And so we had to buy all new. And I am blown away. It's it's yeah. incredible, you know. They're they're so fresh, they're so vibrant. Even I have a small uh, ground pre ground black pepper, mm-hmm. and it's so spicy, Andrea. Yes. It's like truly like pepper should be. You know, it really does make a difference. It does, yeah, yeah absolutely. So that's a great great yeah. stock up tip this time of year. Those sales, oh, I'm jealous. The other tip I wanted to pass along, I don't know if it's a tip, it's more of a thought, which is just because the media has uh, exposed something to death don't write it off completely (laughs) where is this going Andrea (laughs) yeah you can probably guess where that this is going and that is to the pumpkin so I personally really like pumpkin I like cooking with it I like the flavor of it and years ago it was part of my normal fall routine Mm -hmm. and then our beloved Starbucks made the pumpkin spice latte which I believe I have told you that I think tastes like boiled potpourri (laughs) so I'm not not a fan of that flavor and what I realized happened is that I let my dislike of the pumpkin spice craze put me off of pumpkin. Mm. And it was actually my trip to see you that reminded me how much I love pumpkin. So I took a cooking class when I was in Paris, which by the way, I recommend anytime you're traveling and you have some free time, if you can take a cooking class with a local company, it is so much fun Mm. and such a great way to learn how they do things. And everything just has a little bit of a twist. It's a little bit different. I mean, Stefan, you'll recall I immediately forced you to zest a lime or a lemon so I could show you my new zesting technique. I mean, it's small things, but it's just so much fun to learn something different. You also um, sliced a pear for me immediately. Like, you'd been in my house like five minutes. Yeah. (laughs) That's true. I immediately was grabbing your fruit and forcing you to to watch my new skills. Well, one of the items we made in this cooking class was a pumpkin soup, and it was delicious. Mm. It was so good. We just roasted some fresh pumpkin. We threw it into the food processor with um, some onion, some (laughs) heavy cream, Mm. and then we topped it off with some beautiful candied walnuts and um, some sautéed mushrooms. And I was like, that's right. I like pumpkin. I'm not going to let the pumpkin spice dislike distract me some from pumpkin. Mm-hmm. So I remember, too, that night um, you and I had dinner at uh, Nopi, the Ottolenghi restaurant. We had a roasted pumpkin that had some pomegranate seeds and some tahini and some pine nuts on it. Um, y- you know, every store here in my town these days you can buy the cubed butternut squash, so you don't even have to, you know, peel it and cut it yourself, which has always been a, a little bit of a detractor for me. Mm-hmm. 
but it's so easy to cook with pumpkin. And for those of you who don't recall that you are hearing right now from the award-winning winter squash pie champion <laughs> of 2015, I think it was, I made that pie with a, a pumpkin. And the actual recipe, which I'll post in our show notes, I think it was from King Arthur, and it was made using a delicata mm-hmm. pumpkin, which right. is another one that you know is just so easy and so quick to make. So I just wanted to throw out a... Um, little encouragement for any of you people who have kind of been turned off by the pumpkin craze go ahead and and keep baking with pumpkin ignore the pumpkin spice craze and just bake with pumpkin because it is lovely it is moist it is delicious i made a pumpkin bread yesterday that had a cinnamon sugar topping and some walnuts and it's it's fabulous it's so good yes yeah, it's kind of that difference between the, you know, the fake flavor of something and the real flavor. Like, you know, I don't know, a strawberry lifesaver and a real strawberry, right? I mean, there's almost no yes. comparison. So that's yes. a great reminder. Yes, that is a good way of thinking about it. And then lastly, um, the final thing I learned when I was making my um, pumpkin bread, the as I mentioned, it had a cinnamon sugar topping. And as I was going to make that cinnamon, su- cinnamon sugar topping, I thought to myself, oh, this reminds me of episode 48 and our pumpkin donuts that we made. Yeah. And both you and I complained that when we put that cinnamon sugar topping on the warm um, donuts, it kind of melted mm-hmm. and turned sticky. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, I didn't want that to happen to my pumpkin bread. So I was rooting around in my pantry. And lo and behold, I completely forgot I had purchased last year from King Arthur Flour a sparkling sugar. And when I looked at the bag, it mentioned on it, you know, use this for baking, for decorating, for this, for that. And then the very last line said, um, holds its shape when baking. And I thought, oh, right, so the granules are bigger. And so sure enough, when I sprinkled that on my bread, it did um, adhere to the bread nicely, but it didn't melt. Well, I wonder here if I could use their version of granulated sugar, which is a coarser sugar than we're used to in the States. So this is, I'm writing this down right now to try that next time I have to do a kind of a topping like that. Yeah, I think I would try it. I think I would try it. I think the the coarser size, and it wasn't just that it was bigger. I think it's also that it's a, it's more of a flake than a, you know, a ground granule. And so I think it just kind of tends to lay on each other. So try that out. It really did hold its shape nicely. And my pumpkin bread was all beautiful and sparkly and um, just is so much fun. Such a great way to start the day. Not moist and clammy as you had, as we had. (laughs) Right, right. You know, you want to avoid that in baking generally, moist and clammy. Yeah, that's right. That's awesome. In celebration of our anniversary month, Andrea and I thought it would be fun to look back, as we've been talking about up till now, uh, to look back at some of the recipes that we really enjoyed making and do them with a slightly new twist. And talking about birthdays and celebrations, we thought, let's do some cupcakes. So we are each going to do a cupcake that is reminiscent of something that we really enjoyed um, throughout the year. And I am going to do a Boston cream pie cupcake. Back in May, we did a USA regional food tour. That was the month right before I left to move to England. So it was a kind of a farewell to American Americana food. And my blue ribbon actually that month was to that Boston cream pie. It was a triple layer Boston cream pie. So I'm excited to tackle these in cupcake form, Andrea, and you are going to be doing a s'mores cupcake. Indeed I am. It comes from one of my favorite websites, Sally's Baking Addiction, and 
I had made it once before and I loved it for a couple of reasons. One is that I like things that I associate with a particular season, but then I pull them out at another time of year. So s'mores for me are kind of summertime, campfires, you know, that whole feeling. And so it's kind of fun to pull it out in fall or winter when you're not expecting a s'more. Yeah. Um, The other reason that I like this particular recipe from the time that I made it once before is that it's easy. (laughs) Um, when When you have that sort of marshmallow topping on top, and you brown it it just really um, makes a beautiful cupcake but I don't have to do the elaborate icing which is the thing that still sort of intimidates me and makes me nervous and so it's a good way to have a a good looking cupcake but um, you know you basically just got your marshmallow on top and you blast it with a torch and it turns nice and brown and it's really fun. Wait, what's your torch update? Because you had a torch, then you lost a torch, then you got another torch. What, what, where are you with the torch, kitchen torch right now? Yeah, my relationship with my torch is complicated. <laughs> um, so I don't have the handheld kitchen torch right now. Okay. I was going to get one, just, you know, a regular one that you could get in the grocery store. But the other day, my um, local baker, baker that I've mentioned a couple of times, Left Bank Pastry, he had a video on his Facebook page of him um, torching some items. I can't remember what they were, some type of meringue. And the torch that he was holding looked so cool. And it clearly wasn't the little tiny kitchen one, but it wasn't, you know, a full-on welding torch. So I want to swing by the bakery and ask him about his torch. Um, That might be a little holiday present for myself. So Mm. stay tuned. Um, The Gadget Garage might have an update here soon with if I get the the perfect torch that I'm looking for. Very exciting. All right. Well, we'll we will link to both of those recipes. The uh, Boston cream pie cupcakes are from a blog called Love Life, Love and Sugar, and Andrea's s'mores cupcakes come from Sally's Baking Addiction. So look there on our Pinterest and our Facebook pages too. We'll have some links for you guys to celebrate along with us. As with all birthdays, we um, like to look back and reflect and hope that as we're turning a year older, we've also gotten a little bit wiser. So (laughs) this is going to be our moment that we kind of talk about what we've learned over the last year or how our baking resolutions have panned out now that we've had a whole year of baking behind us. So I'm going to kick this off by talking about a couple of things that I've either learned or that I'm, I'm going to continue or that I'd like to do differently. One of the first things um, that's been really fun about doing this podcast for me is that it's forced me to do more what I would call regular baking instead of saving baking for special treats. Mm -hmm. So um, prior to doing the podcast, I I love to bake. That's obviously one of my favorite things. But I found that I was tending to almost always do it for other people. So, you know, if there was a special teacher's lunch at school and they needed cookies, or if there was something going on at our church or there was a potluck and they needed a cake or it was someone's birthday. That was when I would do my baking. And I wasn't actually doing a lot of baking at home for my family, which I think is probably a good choice for our waistlines. <laughs> but um, it it also meant what I noticed was that when I was going to a bakery and purchasing something, I wasn't purchasing the fancy treats. I was buying things like banana bread mm-hmm. or pumpkin bread or, you know, I was searching out my um, sourdough baker in town to get a baguette. And that's when I realized, you know, I know how to make these things and right. I can make these right. things. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. You were kind of choosing more like a homemade kind of comforting treat. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so I have incorporated more just kind of regular baking into my routine. Um, I hauled out the blender and I've been making more of the Dutch babies. Uh, Those are so easy and it's such a fun breakfast treat. You know, if you have um, kids that have a sleepover or you have, you know, you want to do kind of a special Mother's Day or Father's Day kind of thing, you know, a Dutch baby is just really easy and fun. I've also been making those yogurt biscuits from Mark Bittman that we reviewed back in episode 24. Mm -hmm. They are super easy, super quick. They come together. um, They rise high. And, you know, again, it's a small thing, but it's really fun to be able to say, oh, yeah, and here's some little homemade biscuits that I made. So I've been doing that. Yeah. The second thing that I've been doing is uh, working on my time management skills and, mm. uh, of course, working wearing my HR hat. This is a moment where I'd say this is an area that still needs some improvement, <laughs> um, but I have seen progress in this area. So I, I have the... I have the unfortunate tendency not to um, always give myself as much time as I need Mm -hmm. ahead. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you'll often hear me make comments about, but I had to cut that short because I was running out of the door. So I I have been trying to work on my time management skills. One thing that I'm doing that I'm finding really effective, I have a food saver, a vacuum sealer. Uh And um, this new version has what I would call a pulse option, which is really good for baked goods. So I, for example, the pumpkin bread that I made yesterday, I cut, you know, four slices for us to have just for breakfast or snack, and then I cut the rest of it up into slices, and I put four slices in each vacuum-sealed bag. And with the pulse option, instead of pressing the button and having the machine suck all of the air out of it and turn your baked goods into a small, hard ball, you, you press the... Um, pulse button gently and so it gently takes the air out and you stop when you can see that you know the bags touching the the baked goods and so it's just a great way to freeze baked goods so I've been using that for things like banana bread um, for my sourdough breads now I'll make two instead of just one so I have a you know a sourdough bread already done and in the freezer I'm trying to do more of um freezing my cookie doughs so when I make my cookie doughs instead of baking them all I'll bake half of them and freeze the other half and that's been really great and then you have cookie dough kind of anytime you need it which is fabulous which is it your your fancy drawer there that you have with your little that's right pies in the jar my dessert cakes and (laughs) now cookies yes Well, and speaking of cakes, so that's my last lesson learned. Um, listeners who've been with us from the beginning know that when Stefan chose Cake Month as a way to launch our <laughs> podcast, I immediately had a panic attack because I find cakes very intimidating. And so what's been really fun over this baking year for me was that I've learned about one-layer cakes. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly mm-hmm. didn't know much about them or really realize they existed. I mean, I'd always seen sheet cakes. Right. I, I knew about that. But I had never thought about the circular pan one-layer cakes because when I make those in a springform pan or some other type of pan where they're easily removed, they're just so pretty, and you can still put them on a pedestal. And um, if you listen back to episode three, our cranberry upside-down cake, that one was really easy and really beautiful. And then um, in episode 49, you heard me talk about the Valencia orange cake, and that, again, is another one layer cake. Um, It has some sort of topping, but it's not the elaborate frosted um, intimidating intimidation station cake sort of that I had always imagined a cake to be. So those are my lessons learned turning one. And I hope that what I've learned uh, has helped our listeners as well. 
Stefan, how about you? How are you feeling on the older and wiser front? Well, I think that we have really stuck to our motto, which is uh, learning and laughs, because (laughs) every week it's one or the other or frequently both, which I'm really proud of us. So, um, well, aside from just the basics of of hosting a podcast and doing all of that technical side, which is no no small job, um, I think it's been really nice um, for me as well to – make some resolutions, try some new things, think, you know, our, our tastes are very similar, but I would not say they are the same. And so, right. you know, when, when it's your turn to choose a recipe, you might pick something that I wouldn't gravitate toward, but then end up loving. And I hope vice versa. So oh, yeah. um, that's been that's been really nice. We made some resolutions over the years. And back in episode 30, I made a mid-year resolution um, that I would be wearing my apron more. And I am really pleased to report that that's gone very well. So back in episode 30, I had this embarrassing moment when I was out to lunch with my friend Peggy and looked down and <laughs> had split. I, we, I think it's when we were making the chocolate agave ice cream and I was splattered in chocolate ice cream. Oh, my I just gosh. Thought, oh, Lord. There's an easy way to oh. deal with this. So. Um, one thing that I've read is easier to do is when you your life circumstances change, it's easier to change a habit and so or to make a habit. And so when we moved to London, that's mm-hmm. one that I put at the top of my list. Just when I'm in the kitchen, I'm making savory or sweet. My apron is on. So I'm pleased that's going really well. And so are my clothes. Yes, your clothes. Thank you as well. Absolutely. <laughs> Kind of a funny thing, though, that um, we had talked about was – so when, when we listen back to ourselves, sometimes there's these cringeworthy moments, and they're already out there, whatever. You can't do anything about them. <laughs> but I just wanted to – just wanted to talk about, too, that <laughs> over the years. So way back in Episode 9, Andrea, we were talking about the champagne shooters to do for New Year's Eve. And during that episode, I launched into this very convoluted – detailed explanation of why there were some people who would not want to eat what I termed raw cream now okay (laughs) to I think I think I think I was thinking about raw eggs because I don't know anyone who is adverse to having raw cream which of course people are pouring in their coffee and having like you know all the time right um so anyway I know that um I don't think there's that was a valid caution. So please eat raw cream with abandon. <laughs> well, and I wonder if you were bringing that up because of the whole pasteurized, unpasteurized as well. Because I know we got a lot of questions from listeners when we were talking about our eggnog. Well, but that does call call for something, doesn't it? Well, it's got all the it's got all the booze in it, <laughs> which theoretically. Well, I think that's kind of cooking it. Yeah. But that does that may have been on my mind because that of course does use the egg and that's when we were talking about um using raw egg. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but in this particular episode I know I was talking about um, heating cream because you might not want to have raw cream and yeah. I don't know what I was thinking so well you've also got I'm sure a whole new perspective living um, outside of the United States because as I noticed when I was visiting you and we were shopping in Borough Market um, you know the eggs are sold just sitting out on a stand there's no refrigeration many of the cheeses are unpasteurized and frankly just some of the best thing that I've ever had in my life <laughs> um, right. so you know, there, you're also just living in a very different culture um, where things are are not 
as um, obsessive about refrigeration as they are over here in the States. Well, that's a very kind way to look at that error. Perhaps I was just <laughs> projecting into the future back way back in episode nine. So. <laughs> I know. Um, and the other like mistake that just haunts me, it's so weird what you like think about. Um, this has nothing to do with cooking. It's in episode 44. We were having a preheated book club mini segment. And I was talking about the character uh, of Stephanie Plum, who is a character in this huge series of books by Janet Evanovich. And I really enjoy them. They're just very light and fun to read. And I called her a bounty honey, which sounds oh. very sexist. <laughs> She is a bounty hunter, and make no mistake about it. So, I, for the record, Stephanie Plum, bounty hunter. Thank you very much. So, oh my gosh. Well, if we were going to include in our older and wiser segment all of the missteps of the tongue, we would need an entire separate episode. I mean, when I listen back to some of the things I know recently, I talked about using um, heritage tomatoes and I meant heirloom tomatoes. I mean, those sorts of things we do all the time. Yep, so yep. I'm not even counting those things. Well, and it's one of those things where ha- if you and I were just in person, we, it just, it, it's gone, right? But the, the fact that it's, you know, captured for all eternity is, is what makes it kind of haunting, it's I guess. It's on your permanent record. It totally is. I know it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, the timer's buzzed and we've got to get to the dishes Join us next week as we continue our birthday and anniversary celebrations with another cake, a cheesecake. And this one is British style. We'll also review our cupcakes and share some of our listeners' favorite recipes from our first year on air. Remember, you can find us in our featured recipes on our website, preheatedpodcast.com, on Facebook and Pinterest, and download us on Google and Apple Podcasts, where we'd love it if you subscribed to the show and gave us a review, both of which will help others find us. Until next time, thanks for listening and sweet dreams. Preheated is written, performed, and edited by Andrea Ballard and Stephen Cohn in association with 24th Floor Productions.